Hey everyone, before we jump in today's movie review episode, just want to put a small disclaimer that there are some talks of sexual assault and rape in this episode, so if those things are a trigger for you, please uh, just take care with this episode. So with that being said, we will jump into the movie reviews. So, it's like taking it a hot minute yeah, now, isn't it? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, I, need, I need a new computer. But uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, yesterday, uh, well, Saturday to be specific, before I came and met up with you guys, yeah, um, I went to the gas station after uh, playing D&D, and I, uh, the dude there um, asked me about like my hand tattoos, right? And so, like... As they do. Yeah. So, like, I'm used to it. Like, it wasn't a big deal. And then he's like, he's like, yeah, I want to get a sleeve. And I was like, oh, cool. And I think I, I think I messed up the moment. Because, like, I think he was just telling me he just wants to get a sleeve done yeah. of tattoo. I didn't think he actually... I think he didn't really want my input. But I took it as that he wanted my input. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I ended up, like, wasting, like almost 15 minutes talking to him about my sleeve on my arm and i'm just like oh yeah man like you know just so you know when you go in like make sure you feel real positive about it don't have any regrets or anything like just make sure you get what you want and he's like uh-huh uh-huh and i'm like yeah yeah, yeah i'm and already I, there dude and I, and I already took and i took it as him being like super interested in what i'm talking about <laughs> and instead he's just like uh-huh uh-huh, and I'm like, yeah, and I was like, and this one, like, because when you get your sleeve, man, what you want to do is, and the, the type of care you take care of, and he's like, oh, okay, and I'm like, yeah, right, like, and I totally, like, misread the entire situation, <laughs> and, the and like, the dude's just like, it, it is like, he's being polite, yeah, he's like, because it was like, one in the morning, <laughs> so he's just like, I don't want to be talking about this at one in the morning, and <laughs> I, and I kind of realized that after I walked away, and then I just realized that I should have just saved all of that info for, like, the podcast. And I just, like... <laughs> I, and then I thought to myself, as I got in my car, though, uh, Lauren always will make a joke. She's like, you're such a diva. And, uh, and I joke with her, and I'm like... <laughs> I'll sometimes joke about it and be like, yeah, I am. But really, I like, I'm like, no, I'm not. And then I'm getting in the car, and I'm like, I really am a diva. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a chance to talk about myself to some guy at one of the morning at a gas station, and I totally took it. Yep. And I don't even think the guy wanted me to talk about myself. <laughs> <laughs> the cat was probably just sitting there like, oh my god. I had to ask. I had to ask. <laughs> You're just going on about his tattoos, and then back of his head, he's probably like, you know what, fuck it, I don't even want the sleeve anymore. This is, if this is the type of person I'm going to become, I don't uh, want uh, it. If, if, I, if, if I become a total douchebag, then what's the point? <laughs> Where I'm just going to talk about my tattoos at one in the fucking morning, and that's all I talk about? No, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I think you just turned someone off from getting a sleeve. <laughs> Uh, and welcome back to the Punk Rock Horror Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Cody. And today we're here to remind you that we support your right of freedom of speech and we stand with you. Blizzard, you need to get your shit together. <laughs> I was like, who, who are you going to stab? <laughs> Blizzard, I'm looking at you guys. Oh Fucking, yeah. That whole thing's stupid. We, we, we stand by uh, the choice to speak your mind and your opinion. Yeah. Um, but just, we do encourage that when you speak your mind that you say great things about us. So, I, yeah. mean, I mean, you can do whatever you want. It's your choice. Freedom of will. All <laughs> that jazz. But I'm just saying, <laughs> putting a good word for us. But seriously, though, uh, we, we stand by your right. Yep. So, no, I totally agree. Go so, South Park. Go, go South Park. <laughs> that Pooh Bear looking motherfucker. <laughs> that would be the Pooh Bear looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too concerned of them banning us in China. Me neither. Right now, I'm just... I, I, I'm fine with where we get listened to right now. The fact that we're still being listened to in Canada and Australia, like, <sighs> right on. I'm still terrified yeah. of visiting Australia, but... I want to go. I want to see all the things that could kill me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd be willing to go to visit, for sure. <laughs> but I don't know about live. Uh, I wouldn't want to live there. 
I mean, it looks really pretty. It's too hot for me. Nice. Yeah, I can't deal with the humidity at some point. I like the cold. I need a nice breeze. (laughs) Basically, basically, we if you live in Australia, you'll have to pay someone to just stand behind you and go. Look, we'll fully breeze. We fully admit we're pansies. Like oh, when yeah. it comes to Australia's type of weather, we're pansies, straight mm-hmm. up. Like, Any kind of heat, uh, I'm done. Fucking the, done oh, for the day. Humidity. Yeah. As soon as I get sweat, back sweat, I just lose my mind. <laughs> if I got out of the shower and I'm and dry off with a towel and I'm still soaking wet, there's yeah. something wrong there. I well, I, you know, man, all I just think about is like that, like when Gabriel Iglesias was starting out, like he he made that talk about like. <sighs> How he's super self-conscious about how he smells. Yeah. And I completely relate to that. <laughs> like, I feel that on a deep level. I stopped caring. I I'm just like, can't. I, I, well, I work in two kitchens most of the time back to back. So it's like, I have no time to fucking put, like, refresh myself sometimes. Yeah, but I've worked with so many people that don't know basic hygiene that yeah. it just, it's made me be more on top of mind. And it drives me kind of, it drives me crazy when... Like I like I understand. There's like cert. I get it. Like if you don't have the ability to do it, like mm-hmm. if you don't have the accommodations, I get that. But like when you do, like I'm just saying, like shower, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just put on some deodorant. Just clean yourself. Take care of yourself. Show <laughs> show your personality and the way you want to look. You feel me? And if that personality is crusty and smelly, then, well, <laughs> bravo, I guess. That's nasty. <laughs> you smell crusty today. <laughs> like, I'm just, all I'm just saying is, like, take that... smell crusty? Take that extra ten minutes, man, and just, like, really, like, you know, take the time to, like, take care of yourself in the morning. Do small things. Love yourself. Do you. Boo-boo. <sighs> Fair enough. With that being said, talking, talking about things, taking care of ourselves, we need a... Yep. Uh, before we jump in, real quick to uh, something we love and hate, want to give another big thanks out to Trisha from Two Girls on a Bench for coming on and talking with us on Monday about John Wayne Gacy. That was really yeah, that, that was, was really a lot cool. of fun. I'm really glad we brought her on because that was that was a dark topic. So <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we got someone else in there to help keep the laughter going. Yeah, it was nice. So, and if you haven't yet, please subscribe to Two Girls on a Bench uh, podcast. They're hilarious and we love them. They talk about snacks and have writing prompts and all the snacks, all the snacks. All all the snacks in the world. I still want my own avocado tree. <laughs> oh my god! I really hope they send us kazoo's. <laughs> That'd be so. I nice. really do hope they send us kazoo's. That'd be awesome. I love the fact that she brought the kazoo on. <laughs> we got it. We got it in the end there. I got so excited for us here on the Punk Hunger Podcast. It's the small things that matter. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> she brought a kazoo on, and we're just like two easily entertained monkeys. <laughs> it doesn't help that I was all drugged up. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> Kazoo make noise. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with that being said, let's jump into something we love and hate. Mm-hmm. So this segment is, as it's called, something we love and hate. We talk about something that's happened in the past day, week, or month in the world around us, and we give our opinions about it. This can range from everything as small as the little petty things in life to something as big as political or religious, <sighs> even though we do try to stay away from the religious topics. But anyways... Yeah. Uh, do you want me to jump in, or do you want to jump in? Um, I can go. You go, then. Uh, something I hate has definitely just been, like, all the medical shit that I've had to deal with for the past few days. Fucking, just, oh my god, man. Like, I haven't, I wasn't even able to walk, like, for the past few days. The pain in my back was just so terrible. Yeah. So, that that's just been super shitty, and having to be in and out of the hospital... Especially not knowing if I still have medical or not. So, that's been pr- super shitty. <laughs> I mean, it's good that we found out, though, it wasn't, like, something serious. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad it was. Yeah, thankfully, they just they just pretty much gave me a bunch of hardcore medication. We're like, alright, if this doesn't do it, then you come back. <laughs> like, yeah. this is the top-of-line shit, so... <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what else we can do from here. Yeah, basically, like they're like, well, just come back in and we'll go from there. If these this medication doesn't work, thankfully it's been working. Nice. And it's uh, something I love. I can't remember if I said it on the podcast or not, but just Deb's parents have been so awesome. I don't think these you past have. few days. Okay, yeah, I couldn't remember if I said it on. the I, podcast I think you may have mentioned it 
I feel like you mentioned it slightly on Monday, but I can't remember. Maybe. I can't Either remember. Way. Either way, uh, they've been awesome. Like, they, like po- uh, potentially, like I said on Monday's episode, uh, they helped take me to the hospital again when, like, I couldn't walk, and they're helping me walk, like, hold me up so I can just, like, step to the car and <laughs> shit like that. And it was just really, really great that they were helping me out. And they stayed with me at the hospital for as long as they could, and hanging out and just trying to help me feel better so nice. yeah just that's nice nice people <laughs> that's know, what i love you know i love that man because like I, I i i always when it comes to like and they're not they're not in-laws but with like i i don't know like what it just a good word to group them in as but besides yeah. dev's parents yeah i know, you know but like either way like man like uh, like me and you have been it, when, with enough women in the past where their parents have always been kind of <sighs> pointing attention here yeah. and there um, yeah. and so it's nice when you actually like have like your significant other's parents love the shit out of you and will like mm-hmm. go out of their way for you like mm-hmm. I feel that man so yeah that was awesome mine stood by me when uh, uh, when I had a person tell me to go to hell yours stood by you <laughs> when your back wanted to go to hell so, yeah when I wanted to die like <laughs> Fucking basically, man, like all weekend I was just sitting there like, just fucking kill me already. Like, god damn, man. Just put me out of my misery. It's just, oh my god, the pain. I just, I'm done with it. <laughs> like, Jesus. Well, you made it through. Yeah. And that's what matters. I'm still here. Uh, I'm not dead uh, yet. <laughs> not yet. Yes. Yet. Yet. Next year. Again, yeah, we'll see next year. Well, I need a new co host. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he did it. He finally croaked. <laughs> His back opened up and a monster came out and ate him and then absorbed into the abyssal uh, dimension of Quadrant 5A. As long as it's not 5B, I'm okay with that. Yeah, everyone hates 5B. Yeah, fuck 5B. 5B got bad reviews. <laughs> One out of five stars will not dissipate into this dimension. <laughs> but 5A, 100%. You'll get it. <laughs> 5 a.m. all the time. <laughs> 60% of the time works every five time. Out of, five out of five stars. Well succumb to these dimensional overlords. Yeah. <laughs> 5A knows what it is. That's all that we were saying. <laughs> 5B, get your shits together. All right. Get that shit together, yo. <laughs> all right. All right so, so uh, for me, uh, the thing I hate this week, and I'm going to end on the thing I love as well, uh, but the thing I hate this week is so I remember like way back when we talked about like Silent Hill and we reviewed the movie Silent Hill. Yeah. How we were wanting more Silent Hill games. Yeah. And we brought it up a few times here and there. And like recently, and I showed you this, um, Konami decided that they're going to come out with another Silent Hill property. Well, game, yeah. I should say. And it's, I'm going to use that term really loosely. <laughs> and the Silent Hill game that they're coming out with... Keep it in mind, like, we haven't had one for a long time. I don't, yeah. e- I don't even feel like we had one on this gen. And if we did, it was, like, years ago. Uh, and it did not come out to good reviews. I don't think so. I, don't I think feel that. like we did. Either way, though. Um, but, like, with the fact that we were even going to get, like, Silent Hills, and that was once going to be a thing, but because Konami fucked shit up with... Um, fucking, you know, Shigeru Miyamoto and everything in that, you know, realm. It, it was just, it, it was just a real bummer, right? Yeah. And so we finally think we're gonna get like a cool Silent Hill game, and f- come to find out, it's actually a slot machine. Boo! Like, so it's a Silent Hill themed slot machine. Like, talk about like way to like shit on your fan base. Yeah, like, man. Like, it's just as bad as the fucking loot box system and stuff. Like, I'll get ready for your favorite franchise to come back as. Gambling. Well, you know what's so frustrating is that Capcom has come back hard with Resident Evil, starting with Resident Evil Seven, and then the VR adaption, and then Resident Evil Two. Yeah, and then the there's a lot of rumors about Resident Evil Three getting a remaster. Oh, uh, there's nothing confirmed yet, so that's why I'm just keeping this, it just at rumors. this point. Like it's but fucking mine as well, man. Like, yeah, Jesus. But still, like, like they're all coming out to rave reviews, and then. Silent Hill was like the competitor back in the day, and we look at Konami, and it's just like, oh, here's a slot machine because that's yeah, what everyone basically. wants. I know. And like, can you imagine like how cool it would be if we had like Silent Hill two as a remake, just like Resident Evil two? Yep. That'd be the fucking shit, dude. But instead, we're getting a slot machine, and it just makes me really upset because there there is no game that is like Silent Hill. There's a lot of ones that will take influence from that 
uh, game, but there uh, there is nothing just like Silent Hill, and it, and it just it's it just bums me out, man. Yeah, like even Same like here. even like a small VR adventure would be awesome, just to like walk through the world of Silent Hill. It'd be terrifying, but it'd be awesome. So, but so I mean, yeah, man, like it's just like that bums the shit out of me with with Silent Hill. I mean, it just. It's rough, um, but well, I mean, it's not even just Silent Hill, man. It's like fucking. Uh, um, there's Metal just, Gear, Metal Gear, like well, everything we, Konami. Well, we even talked about like we, like we even mentioned that like uh, the producer from like Fatal Frames wanted to bring more J horror, and it's just like Silent Hill would be a great welcome addition for oh you know. Uh, J horror in uh, on gaming devices. Yeah, you know, that would be in great. Consoles and with the P- with the PlayStation Five set for release next holiday season. I mean, uh, I just I, it just bums me out, man. Like I, I'm I'm worried that Silent Hill is gonna uh, fade away, and and that and that really kind of breaks my heart because it's it's such a unique title in itself and such a unique horror. Yeah. Um, I mean, there uh, we'll see because there's also some buzz that. Dino Crisis might get a remaster, so we'll we'll see, man. I would be so happy. Oh, so many people would. So happy. Me too, especially if they did it again in the vein of like Resident Evil Two type of remake. Oh yeah. But uh, with that being said, the thing I love this week so it requires a little bit of context. So uh, my daughter has finally kind of gotten that McCord gene where she's very like open and honest about her thoughts but she's also very sarcastic but um, so cute it, it's it's a trait that you get but you have to train really well I've had I've trained myself over the years to make it a nice addition to my witty humor enough so that I can co-host a podcast with you and be you know somewhat at least funny on it and tongue-in-cheek here and there but uh untamed you become you come off as a real dick um and so my daughter because she's still five she and she hasn't really trained that sarcastic you know forward my forward thinking and talking um made a girl cry in her class recently so like it it is i know it's like why i'm like oh i i get you're saying like oh matt so you love the fact that your girl made another little girl cry no that's not it like i'll get that is exactly this is to tear down Down, everyone yeah and everyone bring him down to your level in order to rise up you need to step on everyone (laughs) (laughs) um so so what happened is that you know, paint the picture. So there's this little girl in in Aaron's class who, you know, she's a kindergartner as well, and she probably, you know, is at the point where she's finally writing her name. You know, she knows how to spell her own name. She's getting the alphabet and counting down. You know, and it's, you know, she's she's five. She's she's still innocent. The world is new to her. And one day she's working on this puzzle in class, and you know it's not like the most complicated puzzle in the world, but yeah. it's it's complicated enough for you know five year old in kindergarten. But this little girl is struggling to solve this puzzle, but she's trying her absolute hardest in the most adorable way possible, right? Mm-hmm. Well, my daughter sees this and and she goes up to her, and you would think my daughter's going up to you know give her some words of encouragement, <laughs> like like no. oh like do you want some help or like oh you got this or like you can figure it out. No, instead she goes up to this little girl that is struggling with this puzzle sees that she's struggling and the most comforting words that my daughter could say to this little girl to help her in her trialing time trying to solve this puzzle is you're not that smart (laughs) and just like the girl breaks down starts crying and like my daughter got in trouble like she didn't realize what she did until like afterwards and so like what i loved about it is that my daughter owned up to it i mean my my, lauren talked to her and was like you can't do that and i talked to her and i was like you know next time when that happens like it's okay to be smarter than other people but you cannot make people feel dumber than you you know you don't do that that's not okay you know next time if you see someone struggling you offer them help. Don't say things like you're not smart. And so, like, she understood. And so she wrote like a, an apology card to the little girl. The next day, gave it to the little girl. And uh, from what I heard, she actually made a, made a friendship with that girl that same day, giving her that apology note. And the two of them actually spent the day writing like notes to each other and like cards to each other. Oh, nice. Like, and so like now she has, has like a new best friend, and it was just really adorable. And I'm just like. 
I'm like, okay, at least at least you owned up to it. I'm like, yeah. I was like, I was like, and, and that's how it usually goes. First, you're gonna and like that's the McCord gene. You're gonna say some shit that's gonna piss someone off, and you're not gonna mean it. And then you're gonna have to apologize, and you're gonna get really good at your apologies. And so <laughs> at least at least she's getting good at that. But the fact that she was just like, you're not smart. Like, if they actually continue their friendship throughout the years, it's going to be really funny and be like, oh my god, why are you guys so, you guys are so close to each other, how do you guys meet? Oh, well, she called me dumb. <laughs> <laughs> she basically called me a stupid piece of shit, <laughs> and then said sorry. <laughs> but I just felt really bad for a little girl, like, like, you're not smart. Like, just a blatant, like, no, like, you know, sarcasm in her tone at all, just, you're not smart. It just That just reminds me of, like, when we first met. Like in your, except you didn't say it out loud, but I bet if you were going to say it out loud, you would probably look at me like, we're going to fight at some point <laughs> and walk away. I'd be like, the shit, man. Like That's us McCords. We're either, we're either going to tell you you're stupid and then become your friend, or we're going to think we're going to get into a fight with you and become your friend. <laughs> so, I mean, it's one or the other. You decide. Yeah, ba- basically. <laughs> So I mean, uh, that's that's yeah. So I I, I mean, I love my kid. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's just you're not smart. That's, that was funny. <laughs> it's like, God, way to way to lay it on thick, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, with that being said, that's the things we love and hate. Reach out to us on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Do you do, do your kids do crazy stuff like that? Do they make other kids cry? Not meaning to. Is your back killing you? Let us know. <laughs> Reach out to us on Twitter at official PRHP. Um, with that being said, we're going to jump into the movie review. So if yeah. you're new to the show, um, then, blah, 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 blah. sorry, if you're new to the show, what we do with our movie reviews is that we pick two movies that are related to our, I'm mo- the one on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> we pick two movies that are related to our Monday theme and we review them in order to make the case for them as to why you should watch them. So we obviously find movies that we feel that we're horribly overlooked or underappreciated and just deserve a little more attention. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, uh, there is not a lot of movies about John Wayne Gacy, but not. but the it's ones we found it. are pretty solid and we're going to be making the case for them. We'll tell you where you can find them, uh, where you can watch them, and, uh, and just, yeah, give you a good review. So with that being said, I went first last time, so if you want to go ahead and jump into yours, buddy. Alrighty. So, yeah, I had a hard time trying to find find a movie, like, with Gacy that wasn't just, like... Okay, most serial killer movies are trash. Like, I'm going to go on a limb there um, and say that. Like, there's a, a good amount of them are just, that are based on real serial killers are really bad. I, I think but I think there's a lot of good ones, but I there do... There are. I think a lot of subpar ones maybe kind of, like, get... Oh, are they overlook? You know, like they're the ones Probably. that get in the way. It's just I. Um, it was just really hard finding anything over a like a two stars. Yeah. And so like, yeah. and like I could, and when you think about it, honestly, it's probably because like these, you know, making a movie based off of real serial killers, nothing's gonna come close to the real story. Well, and I think know? I think a lot of times, at least for these movies, the ones we did, I think these ones were like. They were pretty solid. Good shock value type of material because of Gacy. Yeah. I feel like uh, some of the films that were made about him were just to deliver on the shark value and not really deliver on the facts of, yeah. of you know, On the facts and actually go behind the scenes of like, Ga- like the people in Gacy's life and stuff. But So that's how we did our reviews. We basically yeah. we picked movies that really kind of like did talk about the, the, the facts and put Gacy in a brutal honest light i mean obviously yeah. it's not actually gacy but no and, you know. and, and honestly it's still hollywooded up but yeah they're, they're still pretty solid so like i picked the 2003 film gacy um it's directed by clive saunders it was written by clive saunders for the story and screenplay um it stars mark holton adam baldwin a baldwin and Tom Waldman. Uh, the synopsis is model citizen, devoted father, loving husband, and serial killer John Wayne Gacy, a man with over 30 dead men and boys entombed in the crawl space underneath his family house, based on a true story. Also, fun fact if you do not know who Mark Holton is, to give you perspective, he's actually the bad guy in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. 
Oh. Yeah, he's the one that stole Pee-wee's bike. Stole Pee-wee's bike. That son of a bitch. Yeah. Not his bike. His first, bike. First he's killing young men, and now he's stealing bikes. <laughs> that son of a Where bitch. Where does it end? You son of a bitch. Uh, but yeah, I I enjoyed the film. Did you enjoy it? Because you watched it with me. Yeah, I watched it. Um, I do... As compared to the one I did, I do feel like it wasn't as like hard, uh, like uh, it wasn't as brutal with its facts as as the one that I did was. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, the one I did was also set in a different time in Gacy's life, where the well, one... a different time in Gacy's life, and it was made seven years later. Yeah, so there's yeah. a little bit more that they could do. But with... um, I mean, for me, there's like some parts where Mark Holton's acting is not the best. Yeah. Um, but overall, I do like it. I think it's a good kind of uh, addition into the the biography of Gacy. Um, I th- yeah, I thought it was a pretty good true crime movie. Yeah, you like know? this is definitely one I can see, and I and I mean this in a great compliment. I can definitely I see this like on Investigation Discovery, like and mm-hmm. just like wanting to watch it. Um, I know that's a really really weird compliment to give, <laughs> but. Um, that's the best way I can kind of put it. Like, yeah. it's not really over the top with it, the dark, you know, subjects. With the darkness, Because no. it shows them, but it's also, like, not over the top about it. But, I and, mean... And also, it's not, like, it, it's, it didn't even glorify Gacy, which I really liked. Because some of these movies that are based on true stories, like, based off of real serial killers and stuff, they kind of, they kind of romanticize the killer. Yeah. You know, and in this one, they didn't. Like whatsoever, well, and sometimes you're really romanticizing like. the killer is also the perspective of of someone the, else, of the yeah. victim. Oh yeah, that's that's why me and Aaron like always go at it about fucking the shockingly vile, wickedly evil. I yeah. always forget the name of the whole thing, but oh, the, just, Z- the Zac Efron Ted Bundy movie. Yeah, <laughs> too long um, for a title of a movie. Yeah, yeah, it really is. But that's why me and her go at it because she says it romanticizes Ted Bundy. I was like, but that's the point because it's coming from his girlfriend at yeah. the time. Like she yeah. romanticized him. Yeah, because she didn't want to believe the everything that he was doing. And but, anyways, going back going back to Gacy, um, the movie did pretty well, I think, balancing balancing like his good side and the evil side of him, like showing how he would lure people, lure the boy, men and boys, like to his house and in his car, and then yeah, some and just like slowly showing like what he did to them like it didn't really show too much but it, you know it showed well, and I would, choking them out i would say like good them. side very loosely yeah because this was at the point when this one was made like this movie was like uh depicting his life after his first uh, convicted crime was rising. Yeah. it was already after yeah it was yeah. everything in chicago it so was this during is his, his second marriage Ch- yeah yeah this is uh it's during his life in chicago his second marriage and um, building his uh, construction company. Yeah. And, like, it's already in the middle of that. Everyone's already knows that he's been... He only hires young men, boys. Yeah, and everybody's, like, getting suspicious as to so, why does he do that and everybody... Yeah, and so this I, is kind of, like, late into Gacy's crime spree. Yeah, like, I would it, think. it's already happening to where, like, people are complaining about the smell yeah. coming from underneath his house. Yeah, it was... And it, it takes place when he decides to start putting concrete down there. And uh, lime. Yeah, and yeah. lime. But, is it, is it uh, lime or is it lie? I think it's supposed to be lie, but he kept saying lime. Yeah, he did say lime a lot. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, so, anyways, um, I would say the opening credits were a little long in this movie. That's always going to be a con on our side. Boo. Um, because there was nothing going on. It was just black and white. So it was. I mean, it wasn't the longest. No, but it still dragged a little bit. Yeah. Um, I thought they did a good, good job at portraying how abusive his father was um it wasn't it was literally only one scene in the movie where it depicted his dad in the yeah. beginning but it still was like all right now we know where he's coming from like his dad was a piece of shit i so. mean i kind of wish they did more flashbacks not that i'm saying like oh yeah i, I, lo- I love I seeing kids be bit no beat. like i think like, i would agree especially because some of the some of his murders coincided what with what how his da- father beat him yeah, and so so I I think that would have actually probably helped it out a little bit more. It would have made things a little bit more clear. And... I mean, given this movie was made 
for people who already knew who John Wayne Gacy was. Yeah. So that's what that's the thing that I actually like about these serial killer movies is that they don't play most at least the ones I've seen don't are trying not to play dumb by saying, "Oh, you don't have no idea who this guy is." They're already like going off of the assumption everyone who's Gacy or Bundy or Ed Gein is on all these movies. So I like that. I like that it pretty much assumes that the the us audience members already know who he is yeah so i'm glad that's one thing that i did like uh, without the flashbacks is that it, it's a smart movie it, it knows that it's not expecting its audience to be dumb so uh i think that gives it a really big plus one in the pro category for me um it shows how everyone loved gacy like in his neighborhood and stuff and everyone around town were like oh hey john john oh good yeah. to see you john yeah. like it shows you his know. very charismatic charming nature yep and he and you know it, to save face like in front of everyone he was like very happy and like yeah yeah like that's great man good for you yeah. like <laughs> you do you boo boo you do hey do i have some vodka in my car yeah. <laughs> like well like but no that's like a legit thing because like yep. when he goes and to meet his friend at the hardware store i believe it is i think it's the hardware store or the, or the junkyard um, uh like, junkyard yeah he goes to see his friend and he's just like hey you son of a bitch i recognize that ass, that fat ass anyway uh, yeah and he was just, yeah and he was just playing with and the like guy. the dude just happens to have like to keep or like whiskey in a toilet <laughs> yeah uh, and i'm just uh, like i couldn't help but critique that moment and be like what if like how i mean just come on why like is it it's probably clean it's got to be clean yeah but like uh, but like alcohol even, kills germs right but, but even during that scene like he's just like talking like he's just like talking to the dude like he's just his best friend i mean they are yep. friends but he's just like i expect to see you at my fourth of july bash yeah and you then know? the guy was even like hey i'll check out your crawl space right now let's go and gase's like no 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 no, no don't no. worry about it don't worry about it so, um, I got a bike to steal. So, yeah, I'm busy yeah. today. I'm a little hungry, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like, well, and like, but he was eyeing like the the guy that worked for his yeah, friend too, the and, young kid. Yeah, the young kid, and like they were like eyeing each other and like sizing each other up, checking them out and whatnot. And so, no. um, anyways, though. So yeah, and like just to go off of that, like that's one of my pros is that I love how crazy manipulative he was yeah like in how they portrayed portrayed that it was just great because i the entire time you know we're sitting here like don't don't fucking talk to that fat pig motherfucker <laughs> and like it but we don't know like they yeah, don't know they, at the they, time they don't know he's a <laughs> yeah i'm like even though even though i feel like you could assume that he's a monster after hearing that he like sodomized a kid but I mean, yeah and, uh, well it's not like he goes around telling everybody that yeah but i feel like they would have find, found out eventually uh, because, i don't know man well you got to think about it dude well i mean the maybe time period right. well because i guess like he was also high up in the jc's yeah so, the jc's the democratic party in so general. maybe they did kind of like not mention it like and they kind of just like you know, brushed it under the rug, kind Pretty of deal. Much. Just like how our politicians are pedophiles, and everyone goes, "Aha! Shots fired! I had to get one in." What are you talking um, about, Cody? That <laughs> never happened. Are you, are you telling me there was yeah. a plane where they like did things with kids that they shouldn't have, and they're monsters for it? Yeah, and the guy who owned the island's dead now. <laughs> are you telling me those people should die in terrible, horrific ways? No, <laughs> that's nonsense. <laughs> terrible people aren't real. Yeah, pedophiles don't need to die. Apparently. By the way, pedophiles are monsters. Yeah, they're monsters. They're the worst human beings on this planet, goddamn planet. So. Um, anyway, so... Go- <laughs> and we're going to be talking about another one, so... <laughs> like, um, Just in case if you didn't know what side we were on. <laughs> pretty much. And um, they did a really good job of making Gacy, like, really creepy. Um, that's what I... It was just... Cause he, he's very us unnerving. Know- yeah, because us knowing who he is, watching the movie, like, we're all unnerving. Me and you were, like, suddenly, like... That's fucking no. Yeah, just you, no. You can see the yeah. sinister agenda in his eyes. And yet, but, you know, the people playing his victims, like, they didn't, they're like, oh, cool, fat guy with a drink. <laughs> like, yeah. He's funny. He's great. He ta- He's like my cool uncle. Like, that's basically yeah. how he always portrayed himself. He's like, oh, he's the cool uncle that'll let you have a party at his house. <laughs> you know, like, that's how he got these kids and stuff. Yeah. Um, Because, like... Like I said, knowing who he was, it was super uncomfortable the entire movie whenever someone praised him, saying he was a great man, good guy, well, good job. Especially when, like, he wanted to wrestle people. Like, yeah. the fact that they included that in the movie with him wrestling young boys. Come on, let's wrestle. Yeah, like, you yeah. want to go wrestle? And yeah. just, like, yeah. that didn't help either. <laughs> like, pretty much. So, like, uh, that it just, 
they did a good jo- portrayal of Gacy. I will say that. I think like there are some some of the cons I had is like I feel like they did go a little over the top with his portrayal of uh, on both spectrums of him being a monster and also mostly of him being a nice guy. Yeah. Like it was really weird to see him like be arguing with one person then when literally within a split second he's looking at someone else and he's like hey let's go get a drink you know let's have some fun yeah like it was just one of those things where i'm like okay no one noticed that in the movie like none of the characters noticed that if he was like that in real life no one was like all right that that dude needs help he's going from screaming in that guy's face to hey let's go get a drink and jerk each other off i'm guessing like that was like during the 80s at the time (laughs) And so, like, it was back. It was back when we talked to Trisha about yeah. like no one just like kind of like piecing things together, you yeah. Know, and, and like the cops kind of being, you know, Chief Wiggums all around. Pretty much, yeah, dude. Especially through this movie, there's so many Chief Wiggums. <laughs> um, and then uh, his confession kind of bugged me at the end. So when he he was confessing to the dude over the, was it over the phone? So um, I might the, the my pain medication oh, hit me yeah, pretty I'm hard at the end. I, I want to. I feel I like it was bits. over the phone, man. Okay, so anyway, when he's confessing to Hal, the character Hal in the movie. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, it was his friend. His friend. Uh, he was confessing to his friend. Yeah, who, that's uh, right. Who was the one of the lay the con- yeah, yeah, who wanted to lay the concrete for him. Duh. Sorry, I was on hard medication when I was watching this movie, so I'm surprised I got this much back pain. On um. <laughs> Um, so, like, I was wondering, like, why the fuck did he confess to the guy? Like, I feel like there was no lead-up to it. And then, his buddy is, like, he reacted exactly how I would react. How do you react when your best friend comes up to you and goes, yo, I killed 30 boys? What? Like, what? In a video game? No, I literally raped, murdered, and, and, like, murdered 30 teenage boys yeah and you know how just kind of stood there like in shock really <laughs> yeah and so it's like i liked his because like I, I could tell like some people were probably pissed off at his reaction but how else do you react besides just standing there like uh also to be fair uh to preface uh this movie did actually fictionalize some yeah. of the actual names that happened in in real life. Yeah, some of the names, even some ca- people. So, like, the guy who plays Tom in this movie, he's actually supposed to be two different boys who lived with Gacy. Yeah. He's the embodiment of two different ones. Yeah. And then... So, if, like, some of these names don't, like, hit home with you, that's why. Yeah. Um, and then at the very end, like, when, uh, when... I mean, it's not spoiler. Everyone knows Gacy got caught. Cause, but, like, because that's true crime... Um, so the dude who just walks into Gacy's house when Gacy's trying to kill Tom and just decks and knocks Gacy out. Yeah. Like, I was just thinking to myself, like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy when he sees Tom, who's tied up and being strangled, and he just fucking decks him too. Like, I was like, what the shit? And thought, I mean, thankfully the cops are outside and Tom was able to get out before Gacy could wake up. And like, that's how the movie ends is with his, with Gacy's arrest. But I was just thinking to myself, like, what the fuck is wrong with that guy? You see the dude struggling, and you can see that he's dying, so you hit him in the face? Alright. Do you, boo-boo, I do, guess. Do you, boo-boo. Um, but overall, I, I enjoyed the movie. Like, I, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was a decent portrayal of Gacy. Um, the actor who played Gacy was fantastic. Like, he did a really, really good job. Especially when, you know... You're playing a serial killer that raped and murdered boys. Yeah, like, I mean, to, to be fair to uh, Mark Holton, like, I, I, I can imagine that it would be a really hard role to be in because, I mean... Especially uh, to justify it. Like, well, to, like, give example, like, uh, so, like, in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the American version yeah. of it, or the, uh, so when they did it, there's a rape scene that happens in that movie, um, and the actor who does rape scene, like, he actually, behind the scenes, um... Like, he, he did not want to do it, and they actually, like, the actress even tried to, like, give him some confidence to do it, and afterwards, he went back to his trailer and, like, would not come out for the rest of the day, because he felt so awful just doing mm-hmm. that scene. So, kind of, like, bringing that mentality here, not saying Mark Colton is the same way, but I can see, like, oh, yeah. why a lot of these scenes would be really hard to uh, to follow through with. Mm-hmm. Like, Especially just, strangulation scenes, like yeah. when he's strangling the kids and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, those are rough. Or like where he hits one of the kids over the head with the hammer and just... Yeah. Yeah, that whole scene, man. Yeah. That okay, that 
something that bugs me about his real life story too, because that kind of happens. Yeah. Um, I don't think with a hammer, but yeah, when he like he just decks this kid with a hammer, and he's about to hit him again, but the kid stops him, and then the fucking Gacy convinces him to still work for him. Like yeah. he convinced, he's like, "Hey, I'm sorry," and he takes him to the hot like fucking Gacy takes the guy to the hospital. And everything, and he's just like, I'm so sorry, I don't know what happened, I don't remember, it's my heart thing, I blacked out. Like, he comes up, he literally shoots at the kid, like, ten different excuses. Yeah. And it works, and it's just fucking insane, even though, like, dude, he it, straight up just hits the dude with the hammer, and the kid watched it happen. Like, but, like um, I quit. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that would be my, I quit. I don't even care if you don't pay me. Nope, I'm done. I'm done. I quit. I'm going to the cops, and I'm suing your ass. Like yeah. that's those are the that's three how I'm things. My <laughs> this is what like if he hit me and I still managed to stop him. These are the first things that are coming in my mouth. I quit. I'm suing your ass. <laughs> Where the cops? Uh, someone's <laughs> getting an OSHA call. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, overall, I would say it's it's a decent movie to watch. Like it's if you want a little bit of Hollywood with your true crime, I would definitely say this is a good movie to watch. Yeah, it, um, it definitely puts a gate, like, and this is, again, kind of, bear with me with this terminology, but it kind of puts this uh, Gacy in a more palatable type of movie. Yeah, to, because yeah, I would assume. I would I, at least that. compared it to the one that I did, because mine goes a lot more heavy in, where the, yours did a really good job of, like, balancing it a little bit better. Yeah, because I think the reason, well, I think that the reason why it balance, uh, mine balanced, like, Gacy a little bit better is mostly because he was free. At yeah, the, at the point for this movie, yeah. like he was in the mi- like mid crime spree, so he had his system, he had everything, so that's why it was like, I feel like it did a good job of showing the like his not quote unquote not so dark side. Yeah, because you know he was he wasn't in jail during this one, so um, yeah. I, overall, I would say give it a good watch. Give it a watch. It's a if you want a decent telling of a Gacy true crime story, like during the murders, I would say give this movie a watch. It wasn't. Uh, it kept my attention for the most part. Again, mostly because I was on drugs, so I couldn't really pay attention <laughs> as much as I would have liked to, and I was in and out of consciousness. But um, some fun trivia about it. Uh, the character of Tom Kovac is a composite of two actual youngsters that lived with John Wayne Gacy during his murder spree. Um, the program that the family is watching on television in various scenes is the film Dahmer, which was also written by David Burke in the previous year. Um, what are depicted as maggots in the film are actually mealworms, which do not feed dead animal life. And the pictures of clowns in the final sequences are supposed to suggest that they were images painted by John Wayne Gacy. Actually, they are copyright, copyrighted colotype reproductions of the work of Cindy Grossman, uh, published in 1954. And if you want to watch Gacy, you can, if you have an Amazon Prime, Prime. account, yep. it is on there now. You can watch it for free via Amazon Prime. It is unfortunately not available on Hulu or Netflix, uh, but it is on Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, so check it out today. Yeah, um, it's a it's a good watch. It's a, and honestly for 2003, like it also the video videography it holds up pretty well. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good looking movie. Like, I agree. So. Yeah. All right, Matt, your turn, sir. My turn. Hey, everyone. So, uh, real quick, you're not going to hear Cody on the rest of this episode. Um, as you kind of know, his back has been a bit injured recently, and so he's on some pain meds right now. He had to step out for the last half. So it's just going to be me that does my review and ends the show today. So I just want to give you a heads up about that. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into uh, my review. My review I decided to do, which is definitely darker than uh, Cody's movie, which is weird to say because it's all about Gacy and the whole thing is dark in general. Uh, But you'll see what I mean when I get into it. Uh, I decided to do Dear Mr. Gacy, which came out in 2010. It was was directed by uh, Stevenzor uh, Ritzvisky, written by Killy Madison and Clark Peterson, and stars William Forsyth, Jesse Moss, and Emma Lahana. Uh, 
Also, uh, fun fact, uh, Jesse Moss might be a, a very familiar face to a lot of horror fans out there. He was actually the antagonist in Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. It uh, blew us away when we saw it because we just we knew we recognized him and we had to think about it. But I thought that was really cool. Um, so, yeah, with that being said, uh, let's go ahead and jump into this. Now, weirdly enough, I don't really have any cons for this movie. Um and it's really kind of hard to get cons for these types of movies because they're more of like not uh, not like a biography, but it's kind of like a docudrama in some sense too, because it's just it's it's depicting some real life events. So it was it was just a little harder to do the cons, but uh, we'll we'll jump into it. So um, we this movie starts up with us being introduced to Jesse Moss. And it what we find out is that Jesse's actually a kid in college trying to get his criminology degree. Um, and so he, you know, he's he's really good in school. He has a girlfriend. He's, you know, he's a star kid in his family life. And his brother looks up to him. So he's like, you're all around American kid, basically, is what we're getting at. And so... Jesse is deciding, you know, what he wants to do for his term paper. And on his term paper, he wants to actually interview Gacy. Now, back in the day, this is because this, this is based off real events. So back then, this is when Gacy was um, near about the last two years, last year of his year and a half of being in prison before he got sentenced to death row. And so... No one's really talked to Gacy at this point, aside from the police. So for some college kid to just uh, get an interview with him is kind of like a big deal. But it's also it's also cautioned very heavily by his teacher, who is just like, um, you know, you can do that. That's fine. But I always have a lot of people who do papers on serial killers and. And so Jesse's just, Jesse's character is just like, yeah, well, you haven't had mine kind of thing. And so uh, he lets him do it anyways. And so as Jesse's trying to get a hold of Mr. Gacy to interview him, um, what ends up happening is actually that he goes to meet the FBI. Uh, I, I think it's the guy who actually cap was the head of capturing Gacy. And so he talks to him and the guy basically warns uh, Jason, which is the character that Jesse plays, to be very careful um to that this isn't like a kid's game basically because he's talking to an actual psychotic person and so um with that being said you know jesse starts learning more about gacy's life and what i thought was a really cool pro is that it shows flashbacks of key moments in gacy's life where he before he uh as he as he was getting ready to you know to snap and kill or doing the process of killing and hunting down victims um it shows these really cool flashbacks to add more of a depth to the character and so keep in mind when i'm saying like these things are cool i'm not saying like it's cool seeing you know dramatizations of gacy killing people it's not what I'm saying at all. It's just more so that it's nice that it's included in order to remind the viewer the type of monster we're dealing with, if that makes sense. And so, with that being uh, with that being said, you know, it shows Gacy how you know what his actions he did to lead him to getting caught and arrested, so on and so forth. And then the movie goes on. Well, Jason has to figure out how to get you know Mr. Gacy to write back to him for his paper. Um, so what happens is that at this point, Jason gets really smart about getting Gacy to write back by pretending to be someone to pretending to be one of his victims, what he would see as a victim and also what, who Gacy is himself. So Jason pretends to be a closeted gay kid who is, you know, does, who he says his father does not like him, calls him dumb all the time, and also is just, you know, filled with anger. And so he, he projects it through his writing in order to relate to Gacy. And Gacy, like, immediately, you know, recognizes this and recognizes it as himself, as a mirror of himself. And so instantly Gacy wants to write back to Jason. And so this is where the whole movie starts opening up. It's just Jason and Gacy having these communications via writing and also phone call 
So, uh, what I thought was also a really cool, nice pro is, and we talked about this in the Monday episode, is that Gacy, during while he was imprisoned uh, and on death row, he actually did a lot of clown paintings, and they actually had those clown paintings in uh, Gacy's cell, which is, again, played by William Forsyth, and it's really just cool because it's, it's attention to detail. You know, it's, it's being honest about who Gacy was, and making sure that there is no gray room for people to interpret him as like a misguided soul or anything like that so even when they put something small of like his paintings which are a huge key into the psyche of gacy um i just thought that was really nice it was a cool thing that they paid attention to because it's something that they could have easily kept out of the movie but the fact that they included it shows that they're really trying to um really paint this in the most honest light possible um, so, and with that being a factor as well, this keeps really true to all the key traits of Gacy, that, including with this history of his father. So, not only does it talk a lot about Gacy's mother, and, and uh, but it also talks about you know the history with his dad too, and it talks about it early on as well. Um, with, you know, uh, with just kind of like, his dad really coming down on him and it even quotes um William Forsyth quotes that his dad you know in this movie Gacy in the movie called him dumb and stupid which was actually a huge thing in Gacy's life to, which led to him having a lot of resentment towards his father and a lot of and what just kind of motivated him to doing the horrible actions that he did way back then um so with that being said too you know it's 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 just really good on its detail now what i love about all this is that william forsyth i'm actually going to give credit to um does an amazing job at portraying the serial killer gacy and does a great job at doing this just really projecting an uncomfortable atmosphere with the letters i mean you start seeing that there's these like small hints of intimacy that Gacy is attempting at with Jason's character. And so because of that, you know, it gets, it just goes into this really uncomfortable territory because on one end, you know that Jason is pretending to be someone he isn't. Um, and with that, he's playing a very dangerous game. One that if Gacy was not behind bars, would be far more threatening um, due to the fact that if Gacy found that out, he, w you know, Jason would be on the hot list of, of Yacy's victims next. And so there's this really just uncomfortable atmosphere um, the whole time, you know, and you see that Gacy starts to use his charm and his charisma to manipulate Jason to do what he wants for Gacy, you know, to have Gacy do what he wants. And so he's very, you know, abusive. He's very manipulative. Um, one key moment that I want to point out is that there's, there's a scene where, um, Jason and, and Gacy are talking over the phone because they eventually do get to the point where um, Gacy gets a hold of Jason's number and calls him, which was a really unsettling part because at this point, you know, Jason asks Gacy, how did you get a hold of my number? And so Gacy's just like, he's like, I know a lot of people. I'm very high up kind of speech. And just that alone from somebody as psychotic as John Wayne Gacy behind prison bars who can have that much pull just to get someone's number was utterly like not okay like that is like on one end it's super terrifying but on the other end it's um, extremely creepy and, un and uncomfortable and I'm just it, it was just it was just ugh. it was an uncomfortable scene all around um with that being said though I mean you know, during this conversation, during one of these over-the-phone conversations, um, what ends up happening is that Gacy starts talking to Jason about Jason going into his brother's room to lay in bed with his brother and wrestle him in order to get his brother uh, stimulated. And then he then suggests Jason to, at that point, once his brother stimulated, to go down on his brother. And this whole conversation is just absolutely not okay it is so uncomfortable and again like i had to remind myself that during the scene it was purely acting like it was william forsyth and jesse moss acting because it was done so well and it was so just not okay and vulnerable feeling and it's such violating conversation that like you felt what jason was going through and 
it was just such an unsettling scene. And, and I mean, if this is something that is a trigger for you, I strongly recommend skipping that scene because they go way into more detail than how I see it, how I put it as. Um, and it's just, it's just a really, it, it's, it's just a good testament to the actors and the fact that they're taking the role seriously and that they're putting the hearts into it. Um, you know, and it's, it, it's just, oh god it was just a really incredible scene and 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 yeah it was just it's just a great kind of like example of how uh gacy in this movie is getting his way with jason and just being so manipulative and with that being said you know we get to see this really interesting dynamic between both of them where it's like jason's trying to pretend to be a lost you know closet gay teenager in order to fish out gacy while gacy on the other hand is also constantly saying that he's always two steps ahead of his victims and knows what he's doing and so you're kind of like in this back and forth between like who's actually taking advantage of who and who's manipulating who is jason really the one in control or is gacy the one in control and it just kind of like you you're, you're just kind of like spun for you, you, your world gets spun just seeing them talk i mean even while they're conversing um it's just insane and then it gets to this point where like you know it, it starts to get healthy where it looks like you know john really is in control of the relationship because when jason doesn't answer the phone um you know john just like loses his mind and like chews him out you know and Keep in mind, Jason has to lie about the fact that he has a girlfriend in this movie being a constant stress for him. Um, and so it's just like, you're always kind of like on pins and needles the entire time they talk because you're like, what is Jason going to do to give away, you know, that he's not who he says he is to Gacy? Um, with that being said, you know, we do see Gacy isolate Jason from his normal life. And it's just like so unsettling because when we talk about Gacy when we talked about Gacy on Monday we talked about a lot how he would torture his victims and again how charismatic and charming he was and the fact that he was still basically torturing uh, Jason from a mental level and a verbal level just over the phone it just it's just really disturbing especially if like this is word for word based off based on what really did happen because uh, jesse moss uh the character he's playing is actually named jason moss and jason uh the real life person did come out with a book about his experience with this and so you know and it's just kind of like it's just so unsettling just how much control gacy over had a person's life from a prison cell um and with that it just shows gacy's manipulative and abusive nature with his relationship with jason i mean so there's one point where eventually jason does actually go see uh gacy in person but because G it it's not really uh said but it's heavily hinted that basically because Gacy has so much pull, he was able to make their meeting just him, just Gacy and Jason. So, because of what happened is prior to this, is that uh, Jason was assured by the warden of the prison that Gacy's in, um, that he would there would always be a guard on site, that they had the highest security measures. And then when Jesse actually shows up there, there is no guard on site. They just kind of leave him in a room with Gacy, and that felt way too violating and vulnerable to scene and it was so so just like a not another not okay kind of like oh my god kind of moment and with that being said um eventually gacy tries to force himself on jason and so he does you know bend jason over the table in the meeting room and tries to uh sodomize him basically uh, Jason does pull away from it, but during this whole time, you know, Gacy's trying to force feed him food. He's trying to get Jason to go down on him and just, just really kind of just have his way with him. And so the sexual assault is taking place and Jason gets the upper hand and tries to, and is getting ready to just kind of like what looks like he's going to end Gacy's life right then and there. And then the cops intervene, so on and so forth. And the fact that like the cops didn't do anything to begin with, which like, again, it like, yeah, Gacy had a high pole. Like I'm still going to call him the chief Wiggums from back then because like, uh, Jesus Christ, this is an innocent person's life. Like, uh, so uh you know jason's relationship with his girlfriend the entire time is going down the drain 
because he's so obsessed with Gacy, um, you know, and his girlfriend and his teacher and, you know, the, the FBI agent that he talked to are the only people that know that he's doing this. I mean, his parents and his brother aren't really aware of him doing this paper. Like, they know he's doing the paper on Gacy. They know he's interviewing him, but they don't know how deep it went. And, and his girlfriend's kind of in the same boat, but she definitely, you know, catches on to a lot of things that are happening that are changing Jason's mood in general. Well, um, what ended up happening is... Uh, that unfortunately, um, you know, is that Gacy did eventually, I shouldn't say unfortunately, I was about to skip ahead to another point, but I, I wanted to point this out first. Um, so what, what ended up happening is that, you know, Gacy, after that moment, keeps calling Jason, and just to show more of his manipulative nature, he's just like, he's like, hey, I don't know why you're not talking to me, bud. When, which, by the way, now I feel utterly creepy saying "bud" because I say right, so I say the word "bud" a lot, and this entire time, Gacy in the movie is just like "bud, hey bud, it's okay, bud," and just like that coming out of Gacy, and I'm like, oh god, I hope I don't sound like that. Um, but so eventually, after that meeting, after the confrontation of Gacy trying to have his way with Jason, uh, he Gacy's trying to get a hold of Jason and be like, "Why aren't you talking to me?" You know, he's leaving voicemail saying, "Was it because of that little fight we had? That was nothing." You know, trying to play play it small, trying to manipulate his emotions again. Then eventually, Jason does take the bait, and then immediately Gacy changes speeds once he gets him on the phone. He's like, "You little fucker!" You know, "You little shit!" And like starts really just reeling into him, and you're just like, "Oh my god, dude!" Hey, up the phone well what's good is eventually Gacy calls Jason again to and he starts breaking down telling him that he has like six days to live because he just got put on death row and keeps asking Jason to come see him one more time um, because of that and uh, oh actually I made a mistake I'm so sorry everyone so he actually called Jason first and that's why Jason ended up seeing Gacy in person was because uh, Jason found out that Gacy was on death row um, so that's why he met him in person. And then after that, two days before his final execution, um, that's when he called Jason to try to be like, oh, it wasn't a big deal. You're, you're overthinking it, you know, blah, 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 whatever. The fact that I tried to sexually assault you, that's not a big deal kind of situation, which obviously it is, and it's totally a big deal. But again, that's just how manipulative, uh, Gacy was. So... <coughs> At that point, Jason kind of gets his, like, final hurrah, his final revenge for on Gacy by basically saying, he's like, yeah, well, guess what? I'm not who you think I am. I just used you as a project for my intern paper. Do you, like, I'm, I've been lying to you this entire time. He's like, and Jason's just like, I guess you're not as far, I guess you're not as smart as you think you are. Which, like, is just a complete and total utter burn towards Gacy. And you're just like, hell yeah, fuck that guy kind of situation and so you know eventually they hang up and Gacy's executed and uh we're left to uh, uh and this is this is technically a trivia fact but it's, it's also a spoiler but I don't think it really needs to be a spoiler um but unfortunately uh the real person of Jason Moss wrote the book The Last Victim which is what this movie is based off of and sadly uh, the author did commit suicide in 2006 um, other than that the only other trivia fact about it is that it's based on a true story now like I said this is a really dark movie and as compared to Cody's movie Gacy it is definitely more dark in tone as well and that one is too but uh, like I'm just comparing these two in general this one is really dark so if you are a fan of true crimes and you wanted some a little more light shit on those final days of John Wayne Gacy and what it was like. This is a good movie for that. It does have a lot of interesting information. And I just think it's also kind of like a good one to watch in general. If if you have been following Gacy for a long time, you kind of owe it to yourself. And and I think it's the right thing to just kind of watch this movie. Um, if that makes, if, if you kind of get what I'm saying with that, but uh, I mean, it's, you, it's not a bad movie in any way. Is it like a straight up terrifying horror movie? No, I would definitely say it's more in like the vein of like Silence of the Lambs, how Anthony Hopkins, uh, was with his character, kind of just a very unsettling, violating character, but different than that's a fictional character. And this is a real, per this is a real actor playing a real, what it is, once was a real person. Um, 
you know, and so you can find it on Amazon right now for, uh, I think it's actually free. It's, uh, it's free on Amazon if you own Amazon Prime. Otherwise, you I think it goes at about $3.99 for rental. Um, so I definitely recommend you checking it out again on Amazon Prime. If you have a Prime membership, you can watch it for free right now. Um, it's definitely, you know, I definitely say it's a definite addition to any just, not just a horror fan, but also a true crime fan's uh, catalog of movies in general. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, and that that's my movie review for Dear Mr. Gacy. Uh, so with that being said, uh, thank you again, ghouls and gals and creeps and meads for tuning in. And for hanging out, sorry, I was trying not to cough. And for letting us talk to you about horror. Uh, if you want to consider supporting the show, please go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Horror Podcast. And for just two hours a month, you can help keep the lights on on the show. And eventually, we'll be able to start taking the show on tour to different states and to bring it to you live. Um, with that being said, we're also going to be updating our Patreon for next year because I know we talked about the mystery boxes here and there um as of now it looks like might be it might be something that we start up in January um just because it's already near during the end of the year and we might not have time to get all the orders out in time especially before the huge holiday rush happens so just keep that in mind uh with that being said as well Ether's Oath is the clothing brand we're partnering with now our drop for our merch will be coming out November 30th we will definitely let all of you know and update you but the only, a good way to stay updated about everything we're doing is to like us and follow us on Facebook at Punk Rock Horror Podcast or on our Twitter at official PRHP or on our Instagram Punk Rock Horror Podcast or you can edit or you can follow me on Instagram at the undead Matt if you're listening to us on iTunes please consider leaving us a review and let us know what you think of the show is there some high points that you want to give us credit for or is there something that you want us to do a little bit better with that we could be doing better with let us know we read those reviews we really do um so thank you again and also i want to give another thank you out to trisha from uh two girls on a bench podcast for coming on monday she was awesome uh again her and santa are awesome they're they're sweet ladies and they're just really really cool um and so uh we're talking about working with them in the future next year I'm not going to really spoil it because it's going to be awesome uh, when it happens, but make sure you check them out. Um, I feel like, I feel like there might, I think that's it. I think that's all I got for this episode. Thank you again, ghouls and gals and creeps and moons for listening to us. And we will be back in two weeks to talk about some more horror with you. All right. Bye.